<sighs> okay. Spears down, clubs down. <sighs> uh, we survived. We, we survived it. Oh, God. Okay. Right. So, I got uh, some... Some things to watch and uh, some some skits. They were fifty percent off, oh. and I got some silly voices, eighty five percent off. But I did have to wrestle it off somebody. I I I managed to get some things we've played and some queer trans ladies. Yeah, but I did have to queue out for eight weeks in order to get those ninety percent off discounts. And thinking about it in hindsight, I probably could have worked and bought them at full price and. And that would have worked out better, but ninety percent yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's things we listen to, and um, and some thoughts about social. Sorry, I'm wheezing a bit because I someone cracked my rib while I was going for the gosh the yeah, social the, justice issues. The second those doors open, oh, oh it was it's vicious, monstrous, just monstrous. Well, I think this Black Friday we did manage to gather everything we need for queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Ayres Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a natter about how our weeks have been and catch up on bits of media and do some silly voices and skits. How are you doing this week, Jane? I bought nothing on Black Friday, nothing. Neither did I. No. Neither of us contributed to the hellscape that is uh, being a retail worker on uh, Black oh. Friday and Cyber Monday. Uh, F. Just F to pay respect yeah. to all of those. Mm. I, I worked in retail for years. We didn't have Black Friday at the time, but goodness. Doesn't, cha- doesn't stop people from going, I've heard Black Friday is a thing and it's today. I'm going to storm your building and then get really mad that there's nothing on offer. I imagine it's a lot worse now, now that it seems to have become a bigger thing in the in, UK. In the last, like, five years it's become a thing in the UK. Yeah, it's been like over a decade since I worked in retail, so yeah. it's okay. I... I was I was working in retail like a little over five years ago. Like I I got like I think I got one year where like the expectation of Black Friday being a thing was happening in the UK and it was not pleasant. I I have so much respect for people who can still work in retail because customers are horrible. Customers are the worst. They're terrible. Um. Just as a just as a matter of of notice to people listening, I don't care if you need uh, a bottle of milk or a pint of milk or some bread. Don't don't go to the 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 shops on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day or Boxing Day, whatever the day is that like you would rather be at home with your family. Do the shopping in advance and don't shop on those days so that. Eventually the shops will go, maybe we just maybe shut we on those days. Go... And maybe there's people get to have an extra day with their families, not yeah. being rushed back into the hellscape of retail. Yeah. You like know, make it a public holiday. Indeed, I I feel so. I, I I worked in retail during years where it was like, okay, well no one has to work Christmas Day, but we do need half of you to work Boxing Day, and it's just not fun. Oh, when I worked in retail it was um like 
two months of just the busiest times of the year, like we would see sales increases of like yeah. a thousand percent. We, we would be working until I I one year I worked beyond midnight, so like it was technically Christmas Day and I was still at work. Oh yeah, because I was, a couple of times. Yeah, I had a few of those. Because the 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 rule was because I I was manager by the time yeah. I left. The rule was we had to be set up for for uh, like Boxing Day sale before we were allowed to leave. Yeah, and they wouldn't pay anyone any overtime. So the rest of my staff were like, "Well, you're not paying me. You can't keep me here." And I was like, "You're quite right. I don't intend to. I w- I'm going to have to be here. I would appreciate any help if you don't mind." Yeah. Totally understand, you don't have to. Mm. That's me asking you as a friend, not as your fucking boss. Go home. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, there was a few times when I was there till like like 5am on, on Christmas Day. It's not fun. It's fine, because I don't celebrate Christmas, but at the same time, like it gets really fucking miserable when you're the only one there yeah. doing the thing that you know you're going to get in trouble for. And then like knowing that as of Boxing Day, you have to start doing pre-count for the stock take that's going to happen sometime probably on my birthday in January. That yeah. happened multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, like, even now, if I'm going to have an anxiety dream, it will almost always involve working in that fucking shop. I had, I had an anxiety dream last night and involved working in a retail shop. Retail work is like... No- Tra- it's, it's traumatic. Yeah, you, you live with like I, I have nightmarish dreams about retail to this day. Yeah, on the reg. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm gonna have an anxiety dream, it's almost always I'm trying to put the shutter down and every time I get it I let one person out, other people just barge fucking in. Because people did that all the time. Yeah. They yeah. wanna go home. We should have shut two hours ago. Oh look, I'm just browsing, it's okay. Well, we've taken the till out, so fuck off. Uh... <clears throat> retail. You know what's Be not... super nice to retail workers. <laughs> Indeed. Please. You know what's thankfully not retail that we did this week? We we, 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 we played, played some games. We played some games. <laughs> that's not retail work. <laughs> that's, that's, six that's, minutes that's my great segue. <laughs> oh, you, you, you rescued us. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you played this week, Jane? What are you playing, stranger? Uh, I've been playing some more Stardew Valley. Yeah, how's yeah. that going? I'm really enjoying it again. How how deep into into the game are you um, so far? I'm I think about middle mid autumn on my first year. Yeah. So like yeah, I'm doing all right. I think I, it's, it's been nice to sort of sink back into that that rhythm of of do I need to water things today? Okay, I will water things today. Is there anything ready to harvest? Okay, I will harvest. I haven't. I don't really talk to anyone. Just like yeah. in real life, you I have no doing, interest. Not in, been doing the social. Aspects. I have no interest in the interacting social aspects thing. Going but... out and finding a new prospective bride. No, no, no. You got your cat. You've got your farm. You're all I've good. Got my cat. One day I'll own a horse, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I just. That's that's a nice thing about Stardew. It does just let you potter about and. Yeah. And maintain yeah. it lets you maintain equilibrium. Yeah, I can I can just, you know, find things down the the mines and hand them into the museum. Ah, you're not a fan of those not uh, a fan of the buzzies. The buzzy things in the mines that no. just or the weird black zombie things. Yeah. Those are kind of an annoyance. Um yeah, it's it's it, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's nice to sort of potter around in that world and 
I'm even getting better at the fishing, so... Yay! <laughs> That's got a bit more manageable. You um, seem to be doing well when I saw you doing the fishing the other day. Yeah, I've I, I sort of finally got the hang of it, that it's more about tappy-tap than sort of hold and release. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I've got more into that, and it helps that I've levelled up now, so it's just left less difficult full stop. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have to do less of the fishing by virtue of being better at the fishing. It's, it's also nice to see a game in which you get happy and excited when there's going to be a rainy day in game. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few games where it's just like, oh, thank goodness it's raining Hooray, today. there's rain on the weather forecast. Tomorrow <laughs> I will have more time to explore the mines. Yeah, and um, I've... I've... Participated in some of the like local festival things. Yeah. I keep I, I I do some of the missions. I'm really enjoying the the uh, community center stuff where you complete yeah. those missions. It's like nice. I have a goal. I will go and get a set of these, and and something will happen. Yeah, I will do a thing for the community. I'll get the minecarts unlocked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun to just pot around in Stardew Valley, oh. and maybe at some point I will get involved in the modding scene and and see what what's involved there. Yeah. I hear that they've had like three years now, I think. Yeah, but uh, we have just had a huge update. Apparently, like the day I decided to stop playing again, it's like oh, there's been a huge update. You, you apparently picked the perfect time to jump back into it. Apparently so. Yeah. And apparently it is a, quite a giant update. So that's nice. been good. What about you? Uh, the only new thing I've been playing this week, because it's eaten up most of my gaming time uh, for work, is uh, Darksiders Genesis. So just putting it out there at the start. Um, I'm playing this for work because uh, I got asked to play it for work. I did not give THQ Nordic money, and I don't recommend you do either, because they're not a good company. They're not a good company. Um, but I've played the game, so I will talk about it. Um, Plot-wise, it's really nothing special. It's really predictable. You play as two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse... Lucifer's being a naughty lad what, uh, going around hell trying to get them demons to, to help him out and consolidate power. That Lucifer. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. Probably not anything good. Let's go kill some demons and try and track him down before he fucks things up. Um, so you play as one of the, the, the horsemen of the apocalypse who's been in the previous games, War, who was the protagonist of the first Darksiders, and Strife, who is the fourth horseman who was not playable in any of the previous games. You look very confused. There's not the horseman of the apocalypse. Uh, yeah, in in the game, I believe they're war, death, fury, and strife. Yeah. Um, like that's ignoring like pestilence is is I believe one famine. Of, famine. Yeah. This. I don't. Here's the thing. I would love to see a game of make pestilence an action. Protagonist, but I don't know. Swarm of flies. Yeah, I suppose so. But again, how do you uh, separate that from like you've got pesta? F- okay, famine. How do you make famine a an action protagonist? Um, you like do swirly like <laughs> color lightning at people, and then they just starve <laughs> to death. I I can. I can see ways it could be done, but I can also see how like a committee probably looked at that and went. That's probably not a good action hero we can put a weapon in the hands of. Um, but oh, yeah. None of them come across as particularly heroic, though. No, no. <laughs> so, theoretically, they're heroic. They are. Basically, they are Heaven's um, attack dogs. 
being sent to go like, go murder some stuff for us, but it's good all right because we told you to do it. Here's what happened. It's fine. Uh, so you, your two characters, War. If you played the first Darksiders, plays exactly the same. Big, tankish brute of a character, very melee heavy focused. Uh, light attacks, heavy attacks. You can do a big AOE to clear yourself some space if you need to. Uh, the main difference from that first one is it's sort of like a top-down isometric perspective, sort of zoomed back a bit, mm -hmm. which all of the marketing made it seem like, ah, oh, it's going to be like a gameplay shift. It's going to be a bit more like a Diablo kind of game. No, this is this is a third-person action game that the camera was just zoomed up above. It still plays exactly the same. Um, if you've played, say, Darksiders 3... It doesn't have that same sort of open world, semi-open world structure that Darksiders 3 had. It's mm -hmm. back to being like linear, isolated levels you play one after another. Mm -hmm. um, the the other playable character is Strife, who is sort of a bit of a glass cannon. They don't have a block, they don't have particularly great HP, but they have... They're actually... I, I found them a lot of fun to play comparatively, in that you play them like a twin-stick shooter, so one stick is moving you around, one is aiming where you're going to shoot. Makes um, sense for that sort of yeah. perspective. Uh, and you've got, like, two separate buttons that control shooting your gun. You can set different ammo types to each button, so you can sort of rapid switch between your ammos. You've got sort of quick-fire pistol that has unlimited ammo, and then lots of special ammo types. And if you can keep a combo of, like, lots of consecutive hits with your gun going, you get a brief period of, like, your gun gets really powered up and either does a lot more damage or does a different type of damage. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of some good examples. One of them is, like, lightning ammo, and when you get your, your combo going, it becomes, like, it'll arc between lots and lots of enemies and sort of, like, damage lots of things at once, for example. Shiny. Yeah. Um, so... In terms of the core gameplay, it was uh, when it was good. It was reasonably fun to play. It was a sort of mindless bash your way through hordes of enemies, third person action game. Um, if you're playing in single player, you can swap between those two characters pretty much whenever you want without any penalty. There's a there's like two boss fights I can think of, and a couple of puzzle situations where it's like you need this ability that this character has. But largely, if, like me, you were enjoying playing it as a twin-stick shooter, you can sort of do that unhindered. Mm. Um, I did have some problems with the camera perspective, in that largely zoomed-out, top-down camera was a positive. It meant that you had a better ability to see what was coming on all sides. Um, because the Dark Sides of games have always been a little bit focused on just throwing lots of enemies at you, it generally gave you better visibility and let you handle that a bit better. Yeah. But they did not really design their levels particularly well with their camera perspective in mind. There were sometimes situations where there would be objects in the world that obscured your vision, which shouldn't happen in a game with a set camera perspective. No. No. So let's say there's a... Uh, let's say there's a big tree... And it's quite close to the front of the screen, and therefore you can't see your character when they when it's blocking your view of them. Right. Um, your character will still be visible, but it'll be like a neon blue yeah, shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that's where my character is behind that object. Except the enemies don't do that. Oh. So if you're behind a big obstacle, you can see where you are, but you can't see where any of the enemies are. So you're like, okay, let's sort of kite them all over. Which is to... weird because your enemy you. 
like your character would be able to see them because yes. they're on the same level. Exactly. It's not like they're obscured from the character's view. Yeah, it's weird. So you had to sort of like trick them into going over to a corner of the environment so that like you could see them occasionally. Um also the game's kind of broken, at least in like having played it a few days ahead of release for review. I can't you know, there might be patches. I can't talk about those because that's not what I played. Um, there are frequent spots where you can just get stuck in geometry, impossible to escape. Are you um, telling me about this with the co-op? Yeah, uh, co-op? I'll, I'll get to that co-op example in a second because okay. it's great. But um, the biggest problem with that is if you get stuck in geometry, there's no way to reload your last like checkpoint in a level. There's no way to deliberately die so that you respawn at your last checkpoint. And levels are pretty lengthy. We're talking 45 to 60 minutes, some levels. So, like, if you're, like me, 40 40 plus minutes into a level and you get stuck in a wall, you can exit the level entirely and start over from scratch and replay 40 minutes of game because you got stuck in a wall. Well, that can fuck right off. Yeah. So, I'll get onto that co-op example. So... You can play the game in co-op, you playing as one of you playing as War, one of you playing as Strife. That's kind of broken as well. You're supposed to be able to do a button combo to switch who's controlling who. That's just broken. You can request to switch characters, and the other person will go, yes, I accept. And the other person actually just sends a new request. You try to accept theirs, and now you're sending a request. That's just broken. But um, Yay. I was trying to push a like a lever into a wall. So I press it, I walk up to the lever, just press a button. Pushes into the wall, fine. And then suddenly I glitch into the wall. I, I did a single button press, as I was supposed to, and an animation played out, and then I was stuck in a wall. Yay! <laughs> this, uh, I had levels where... There, there was one level where I walked up to the like arena where the boss fight was, and I knew that's where it was, because I'd, I'd done the boss fight a couple of times, kept respawning back at the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And this time, when I respawned back at the checkpoint... There's a there's a there's a spike wall stopping me entering the boss fight arena. And all of these audio cues are playing as if the boss fight's already started and I'm being chastised for not hurrying up and killing the boss already. But I'm like, I can't see the boss in there doing anything. I can't get in there. Wow. Just the boss fight seemingly has triggered while I'm outside, and the thing that's designed to stop you leaving the boss fight has stopped me entering. Is it one of those games that just doesn't like being played for too long? Maybe. I don't know. But, like, that instance happened maybe an hour and a half into a play session. Like, it wasn't hugely long in. Yeah. But, like, I've been going back and forth on how I feel about this game. And my my feelings have ended up really sort of... On the positive side of mediocre, but, like... (laughs) A ringing endorsement there from Laura K. Dale. It... (laughs) There are just some weird things about it that stop it being an easy recommendation. Um, when, when it's going well, it is quite fun to beat stuff up. There is quite a satisfying gameplay loop there at times. Mm. But right near the end of the game, and this is this is not a spoilery thing, I, I don't think anyone would consider this a spoiler, there is an out-of-context line of dialogue right before the final boss fight where one of the characters says, do you ever get do you ever get tired of just mindlessly mowing down hordes and hordes of enemies? Uh, I don't have the quote exactly in front of me, but it was something to that effect. And uh, I, 
I don't know whether I would say I got bored of it necessarily, but I got less and less interested in putting up with the game's nonsense in order to be able to do that. Like, I was getting bored of having to repeat levels of things not loading in correctly. I was getting bored of the game constantly making weird references to the two horsemen who weren't there, and I couldn't tell if they were like trying to be apologetic they hadn't given two extra playable characters or trying to set up a sequel they wanted to make, but like there was just all... Oh, I haven't even talked about the puzzle design and the... There is some puzzle design in the way that Darksiders games always like to go, well like a Zelda we've got overworld puzzles. They're never anything even vaguely interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, The platforming is, here are some weird uh, like square cylinder poles that you jump between and that's platforming. And the puzzles usually boil down to, I have the ability to make portals where these swirly marks are. If I find the two swirly marks, I'll shoot a portal on each. And then whichever one I can get to, I'll either jump through it or put a hand through it and that will solve the puzzle. Like, it's not like, say, a portal game where you have infinite choices and you've got to work it out. No, it's like, here are the two points. Put the portals here. They might have well have already existed. You, You just have to go... That's a portal point, and that's a portal point. It's... Uh, it's not very good. I, I en- When I was enjoying the game, there was, there was fun to be found. I'm not going to say that this game is... I'm not going to say it's on the bad side of mediocre. Like, I had fun with it at times, but it's buggy and repetitive and just not... It's just not... It's just not great. I, I would be hard-pressed to recommend it. But if let's say you saw it for a quid in a in a <laughs> I, for example, let's say it's in a humble bundle at some point in the future. Okay, you know, maybe give pick it up and play it if you've got it in a bundle or something, and then set the and, slider so that none of the money goes to the developer. Yeah, but like <laughs> if if you had the game, I'd say sure, give it a play. There is some fun action gameplay to be found here and there in it. It's not It's not the kind of game I'd say just don't even bother touching it if you've got it, but I would struggle to recommend it as a full-priced release that is happening, like, now. Briefly on the subject of Humble Bundle, you can select mermaids as your charity of choice. Oh, heck. Just, just a thing for people who might not know that. Heck. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? I played a little bit of Tetris Effect. Yeah, you we stuck got the, VSVR the, out again. The, the VR back on. Well, it was out again, yeah. so I was like, I'm going to play some of that Tetris I like. Is that that Tetris, well, all of it is set to music and has fancy visuals and you can do it in VR? Yeah, that's very pretty. Yeah. How, how'd you get on with it? Uh, I, uh, when I first started, I was super focused on playing Tetris in it. Yeah. And I'd forgotten, like, the real joy of that game is just looking at the environments and, yeah. and experiencing that and the music and, and, like, just... Enjoying the whole thing rather than just going and playing Tetris. There is some joy to be found in just playing as Tetris because, like, I don't know if it's the refresh rate on it or the fact that there's really low latency. Yeah, it's got low latency, but also like you've shut out the rest of your senses. It's really easy to just focus in and like I play better Tetris in VR than I do outside of VR, and there is a joy to that. Yeah, I mean, I played. 2D uh, Tetris Effect, and I didn't enjoy it really at all. Yeah, the the joy of it is 
being in in the Tetris zone. Immersed, and the music's beautiful, oh. especially like that first track. Um, was it Yours Forever? Yeah. The track's called? If, even if you never get around to playing Tetris Effect, look up the Tetris Effect soundtrack. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's so good. It really is. They it's did a great job. It's one of like a, f- a handful of games that I think really do a good job of balancing music and gameplay. Oh. Like, there's that. I would currently put Sayonara Wild Hearts up with that. Like, there's, there's a Beat Saber is in mm, there. Yeah. I'm glad that this is becoming more of a genre we're getting. Yeah. Like, really cool games that go like, yeah, yeah, this 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 needs the music. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but any others? Only other thing I've been playing is Pokemon, obviously. Pokemon. I'm continuing to play that. I now have seven shiny Pokemon. I have more than enough to have a full team if I wanted to. Well, it happens. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I've got. I've got, uh, I've got a crab oh, with, dog. I've got a crab with a big rock on its back that lives in a in a boulder. I've got Boldur, which is a big sort of pile of angry-looking spiky rocks with some little sort of purple gems coming out of it. A fairly Boldur friend. Yep. I've got little Corgi with the the butt on its heart, the heart mm-hmm. on its butt. Bigger Corgi. I've, I've got grown-up Doggo that's electric Doggo. I've got a Mimikyu. Yay! Yay! It's, it's sort of grey and black and white, and it's adorable. And I have, like, a... I guess it's like a like a pond skater, just a really big angry pond skater. Mm. But it's got, like, purple legs now. So, I've continued my... Oh, oh no, I have, I have one more. I have a little dragon dog that has, like, a pink heart scale on its head. Oh, yeah. Are you looking at Shiny Mimikyu? I was looking at Shiny Mimikyu. He's cute, right? It is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm continuing to just... Uh, One one thing that's been really nice about Shiny Hunting in this has been... It's really nice that I never feel like I'm losing any progress. Mm. Um, I feel like as long as any time I start an encounter with something, I just knock it out. Why not? Um, never run away, just keep knocking things out. I'm like, not only am I increasing the shiny odds of the thing I'm actively hunting, passively just over time I'm increasing my odds on other things. Like, I'm currently hunting for a shiny Wooloo and I'm like 700 Wooloo deep. But, in that same time, I think I've knocked out over 100, uh, uh, the little bird thing that's in Route 1. I think I've knocked out at least 100 of the the squirrels. Mm -hmm. So like, if I decide to shiny hunt them in the future... Already a hundred deep. I've, I've, you know, just by oops, I ran into it. Might as well knock it out. It's as fast as running away at this point, mm. which has been nice. I, I feel the overall task feels less daunting, mm. which is really nice. Yay. Uh, you played in Phils? We played a thing together. We played some more Magic together. Eh? Yeah, you've been playing your new deck. I've got a new deck. I've got a new red deck. It's the closest deck to a modern deck I've got. It's made entirely out of uh, Core 20 and uh, Ravnica Allegiance cards. Ooh, t- tell us about what that deck do. Uh, it costs less than a tenner, because <laughs> it's almost entirely commons. Um, it's It's got... Four uh, instances of active active treason. Four instances of goat nap. <laughs> for dealing with, I have no creatures. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very fast acting. Yeah, it's try an and get deck. a quick win deck. It's an aggro deck. It's it's a lot yeah. of direct damage and holding on as long as possible yeah. to just wreck shit. It's 
it's lots of stuff that you can blow up to do damage, lots of direct damage, lots of stealing my big damage dealers to try and chip away some some faster. Yeah. It's one of those, you, playing against it, you cannot think in terms of like the long game you have to go where can i where can i chip some health off you right now before you while take i me build out? while i build a wall of my own that's it it's <laughs> it's even like even the wall's not going to protect hugely it's what <sighs> there's a lot of risk taking to to like make sure you're within striking distance when i get a chance mm-hmm. yeah you seem to be playing very differently and yeah. <laughs> against that deck i was very willing to just like take the damage so that i kept having a wall. Yeah. Like, I, I was playing on the, the, the thought of, as long as I have at least one point left, it's fine to play aggressively. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you, you had about a 50% win-win We played six loss, games right? I won four of them. Yeah, you had a slightly better than, than average win rate, but it's it's I one of those... I finally crushed the green deck I made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did good. It... <laughs> I'm I'm having to learn to adapt how I play the green deck to not get trounced. Like one thing I've learned is don't put out the big things because you can turn them back on me pretty frequently. Unless you're gonna put them out in pairs so they can deal with each other. Yes, exactly. Um yeah. Don't put out the thing that gets bigger and bigger over time and has trample and then a bunch of weenies <laughs> because then you can basically just get a direct line to my life. Mini match. Yeah. <laughs> And it was it was interesting. Like, oh, this isn't a deck I've I've tried against. Let's try some new strategies. Mm. For me, it was like I am tired of getting rinsed by my own deck. I can play with a different deck if you like. You play with whichever deck you want, my yeah. lovely. It's just the one I know, and I like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did the good one. It's fine. <laughs> I made the deck. I made. I improved the deck. I've thought of ways I could improve it further. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you want to do that? <laughs> so no, I mean they're all my decks. So I mean, technically, I could attempt to, to, to have a go with them at any time. But like, I like I play against it. And I sit there thinking, oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. Maybe that would be a thing. <laughs> you feel uh, free to tweak it whenever you feel like. Oh. <laughs> 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 Got you. Um, I think that's everything I've played. I think that's what everything I've played. Well then, it's time for this. Oh. Okay, now I've got uh, lots of blankets here in the box. Do you want me to help you just get over into the? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. in the in the box. There we go. We got a stuffy for you there. Tuck you right in. Get right mm. in. Don't worry. Don't worry. You won't have to do any of the like family meals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Don't have to buy anything for anyone. We're just gonna tuck you in, okay? Don't have to worry about the fact there's not much sun at the moment. We're gonna tuck you in the box, put you in the box, pump some air holes in it. Mm-hmm. There'll be snacks, and we'll see you in the spring when it's all nice and warm again, okay? All tucked in. I just need sunshine. Sunshine. Okay. Well, we can get you a sunshine bulb to keep keep in the box with you. We're just going to tuck you in there and you'll be all nice. You can mm-hmm. ride out all the wintry bits mm-hmm. and you won't have to do with any of those bits. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep tight. Oh, finally, finally. It's cold enough. I, I think it's time. I... <gasps> We're going to precipitate. Yeah, more than precipitate. 
I think we're going to be snowflakes. I don't think we're going to be raindrops this time. I mean, we're still going to fall from the sky and be water, but we're going to fall slowly. And we'll be crystal and all floaty. Well, we'll glisten in the light. Oh, so glistening. What what do you hope you get made into? Oh, just a beautiful beautiful crystal formation. A beautiful and unique crystal formation. Well, see, that's going to be beautiful by itself, but I hope when I reach the ground, I'll become maybe part of a snowball in a snowball fight. (sighs) Or a bit of a snowman, maybe. I'd like to be like a just a like a, a on a on a field like a pristine just oh. untouched just a, a a white just glistening slightly oh. in the sunlight. Maybe one of those fields where someone just gets to take that first one step. <sighs> Maybe like a foxhole, just like one step in oh. the snow, and be like it's too cold. If and then there will just be one adorable paw print in the snow. Maybe maybe I can be the really lucky bit that lands <sighs> on a beach. And then I, there will be a coating of sand, a snow over the sand, and you could step on the snow, and then there'd be a sand print underneath. And be like <gasps> thing place that people associated with hot weather and all the cold weather wait, at the same wait, place. Wait. Oh no! What? Oh no! Uh, what? Is oh, that no. South England? It's South England. You know what that means? We're gonna be sludge. We're gonna be sludge. <laughs> well. <gasps> What have you watched this week? What a What a Well, we we watched some things together. Yeah, we finished. We watched, we watched... Oh yeah, well, what were oh. you going to go to? Were you, were you going to go with the dark, dark and yeah, crystal? Yeah, I was going to say we finished the dark crystal. Was that where you were going to go? No. Ah, <laughs> but it's fine. We'll go with dark and crystal. We finished, we finished dark, dark and crystal. crystal. <laughs> uh, that was really good. Yeah, very dramatic final couple of episodes. Yeah, I. Do not know. I feel like they're planning for another series, but I also don't know where you take another series of this in the where space can you they've squeeze got. It in? Yeah, where where can they squeeze more plot in without treading on the toes of the movie? Mm. It was yeah, it was really good. It was really sweet. Uh, and then we watched the uh, the making of. Yeah, that was, was really good. That was really pleasant. Ryan Froud looked good for his age. I know, right? I would not have pegged him at his current 72, age. Seventy-two, I think he is. What one thing that was really nice in that was watching all of the um the family members. The, yeah, the family members of say the the new the Henson family the members. Frouds and the Hensons. The Frouds and like, the Hensons. Yay! Basically, like the kids of the people who started these these companies going. Yeah, no, well, we're all we all learn from our parents, and here's how we're trying to keep their vision of these things alive and I'm like yeah. that was nice I'm glad they didn't go with a part CG version oh god I'm, I'm glad that Netflix was like don't worry about the money we Where's know what you comments? actually want to do <laughs> how much you, how much would it be to make the puppet version you want to make mm-hmm. don't don't sell us this cheapo version that feels <laughs> like what you can budget yeah let us do it proper yeah it's it was really cool and like I like I remember as a kid watching the making of Labyrinth yeah. like all the behind the scenes stuff for that it was just as magical. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of really interesting stuff. Like particularly, I really enjoyed uh, finding out about the person behind the puppets doing puppets. Yes, because um, that's the person that does all the mini puppets on, yeah. on YouTube. Though those tiny puppets are amazing. Yes. Oh goodness, the the sheer amount of detail that went into making that show is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, but I. Yeah. I don't think they could have done. They couldn't have made a proper six like successor to that, yeah. Without doing it the way they did, and and I think like they they're saying that like it should be pretty seamless to watch that and then watch the original movie. I I don't know how true that is, but I would like I to watch the movie. F- again I feel too. like that's the case. I think it's pretty faithful. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Um, got any others? 
Uh, we watched some other stuff together. We, we started watching a new show together uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, Living with yourself. Too many rats. Too many rats. Yeah, this is a Netflix uh, Netflix show, like twenty minute episodes. With multiple characters played by Paul Rudd. Yes. Paul Rudd plays uh, two people. Sh- Paul I- Rudd is Paul <laughs> Rudd and Paul Rudd in Too Many Rudds. I-, I think we can talk about episode one's first 20 minute plot. To, I think like- we can talk about the premise of the yeah. show. The-, the premise of the show is Paul Rudd's life isn't going very well. Not um, the way he wanted it to. Yeah. And like, he's-, he's clearly battling with depression and some anger issues and he's... He doesn't know how to sort his life out. So, rather than putting the hard work and introspection required to sort your life out, he goes to a weird magical spa he's been told about where people just... They come out of it just, like, suddenly really successful and confident. Yeah, just living their best lives. Yeah, just seeing the world with fresh eyes. So he goes to super sketchy spa... That gives them fifty grand. Gives them fifty grand of like his him and his partner's like fertility savings, and then wakes up in a bag in the woods. Yeah, they they mumble some nonsense about uh, uh, editing your genetics, and he wakes up buried in a shallow grave in the woods in a plastic bag. Yeah, and then when he gets home, there is another him. Yeah, there is there is a second Paul Rudd. Uh who seems to have life much more under control than him yeah. right now. Um, uh, and antics ensue. There are antics now ensue. there are now two Paul Rudds. How how do you deal with too many Rudds? Too many Rudds. Um, I I like the fact that like a lot of the episodes are like, hey, this thing happened. Ah, but here's it from this character's yeah. perspective. But here's it from this character's perspective. Yeah, like every episode tends to start with okay. That thing you saw in the last episode, we're going to spend the first half showing you that from the other character's perspective, and then progress the plot forward, and then next episode we'll start with that plot progression from the other side, and then progress the plot further. It's it's a really nicely paced back and forth. Yeah, and I, I love shows like that. Um, there was something years ago that like Channel 4 did over, like, I think it was like three nights, Yeah, and it was all of the characters interacted, we're going to show you basically five different stories and they will all pull together yeah and it, was, it was a really interesting show like really intricate but like yeah i it wasn't the greatest story in the world but like the idea yeah. was great the 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 filming of it was great and everything else but like it didn't quite hit this has been like way more like I'm, oh. i've always been a fan of shows that if they can pull this off well that have one actor or actress playing multiple characters, interacting with each other in the same scene and make it a seamless thing and make them feel like different, distinct people, but not so distinct that it doesn't feel like they're meant to be connected to each other. Yeah, they've they've done a really good job of of almost characterising the, the, the two Rudds. Yeah, I think... Uh, because original Rudd is, has this sort of slightly washed out, sad tone about him. Yeah. He's, he's more sort of... He's, he's haggard looking. Yeah, he's sort of like run down, depressed, emotionally wrung out writer. Yeah. Uh, whereas new Paul Rudd, I think, is more like his character, the dad in Ant Man, where he's just like, ah, I've got all these bags of tricks in me, armor. Yeah, but also like, like the 
his his skin tone is yeah, like yeah. like um like higher saturation. Well, there's things like old, the clothes he wears are like more yeah. more colorful. Original Rudd, like he sits a lot more like hunched, more hunched. He wears he's, he's, more sort of browns and beiges. They, whereas the other one wears like blue shirts quite a lot. Yeah, there's it's. I th- I think that this does probably the best job I've seen since something like Sense Eight. Which was another show that, that I still haven't watched. That. It's really good, well worth watching. It's another show where one person plays multiple, uh, multiple roles, uh, multiple people who are clones of each other, oh, yeah. um, but have all sort of lived different lives and ended up as different sort of versions of this person. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the biggest credit I can give this is that I got to we we got to the end of that first episode, and I had that moment of. Oh shit! That was both Paul Rudd, and yeah. like it didn't happen until the credits happened, and it was like played by Paul Rudd. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that, like, oh yeah, they were both the same person. Like, there's that scene in the first episode where they're both sat at a table together, arguing with the people in the in the spa, mm. and I completely forgot that was the same person acting against themselves. Yeah. And I was like, that's really that's really talented. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how they do. I'm multiple takes, like um, setting. I I would assume camera pans yeah, and stuff. Like the camera for any stationary shots, obviously nice and easy. But for moving yeah. shots, probably the camera is moving on like an automated thing. Yeah, I haven't noticed it doing like a lot of that. Like it's let's do the easiest thing. Is the most static shot. Yeah, there's it can been a be. lot of like moving shots, and again, yeah. I have to assume it's like some kind of mechanical. We we can take the same shot multiple times. If not mechanical, then I suppose the other option would be that they're um, green screening one of the. Well, I was going to say taking like a much larger shot and then digitally oh, panning. Yeah, I suppose so. But however they're doing it, they're doing. They've done a good job. They're making it really seamless. Yeah. Um. I did not expect it to escalate in the ways it has as early as it has. Yeah. Like, some of the things I thought would be, like, season one cliffhangers are, like, four episodes in. <laughs> when you go to the bathroom, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> and also, line of the episode from the last episode we watched. <laughs> when life gives you lemons, try anal. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, we watched another thing. Yeah, do you wanna do you wanna kick this one off? We watched the first season of Psyche K. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, which is a show that like I knew nothing about other than a couple of my friends have been enjoying it recently. Um, it's 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 very fast paced. It's psychic Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it it's it's somewhat like something like One Punch Man, but like faster paced in that it's a it's a very sh- it's like a sketch yes. format almost anime yeah. like like seven minute sketches made into a 20 minute episode yeah it feels like it should be like part of some other ensemble show like what yeah. happened to psychic k this week yeah so basically kid is born with psychic powers and the list of powers he's got like <laughs> it's pretty it's, ridiculous it's it's thrown around basically whenever they need a new weird Ultra specific superpower for him yeah. to have for this this sort of jokey sketch. I can they do give psychic photography. Yeah, yeah. Like it, his psychic powers allow him to like change the very DNA of people, like the whole human. Race. Like, yeah, yeah. So one example was like he didn't want people to think his colored colorful hair was weird, 
So he has as a bright chi- pink yeah. Hair. So as a child, he accidentally made it so that colourful hair wasn't weird by changing the the human genome so that people being born with colourful hair was just a thing that yeah, happened. People have purple hair or green hair or blue hair. It yeah. just happens now. It's it's so. They play so fast and loose with his set of powers in order to do really weird, funny things with it. I... Yeah, it's it's a really odd show. Yeah, um, I quite enjoyed the series we got to watch. Yeah, it's the only one that was uh, was dubbed, and we we weren't in the mood to watch subtitles. No, because we were half playing other games. <laughs> yeah, but like the season we got, it was pretty pretty lengthy, yeah. and I I quite enjoyed most of the ensemble cast of characters that are around. Yeah, um, you've got. Woman who thinks she's perfect and amazing in every way. She glows. She literally glows. She literally glows. And she's just really pissed off that uh, that Psyche's not interested in her. And it's like, I can read your mind. (laughs) I know you're awful. I know that you're actually a kind of terrible conceited person. No. Uh, You've got the one person whose mind Psyche can't read. Yeah. You've got, like, just other kids at school who just sort of... Like the slightly troublesome one, or like the the new rich kid that turns up. Yeah, and basically Psyche's just like, I really can't be asked with any of this, but I've accidentally ended up with friends, I don't know how I did that. Yeah, and he's constantly trying to sort of, because he, he's super intelligent, so he could ace all of the tests, but he doesn't want like, to stand, wanna stand out. out. Yeah. So he specific, deliberately comes like dead middle of everything. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting show. It is an interesting show. I I was impressed that they managed to make the gag feel like consistently amusing and fresh for that many back-to-back bits. Yeah. Also like the the fact that it does that um like uh, Psyche's got that like media awareness sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, who's this? Oh, it's someone from the from the manga that never made it into the show. Yes, I guess so, their character didn't work. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's I I guess aware of the fact that he his that his story was first a manga, but also there is a parody of his manga that exists in his world. Yes. Like not his manga, but just like a manga about someone suspiciously like him. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's the video game that's definitely not about Psyche K. What is it? It's it's Psycho the the bizarre life of Psycho something or something like that. It's yeah. If you're looking for something that's just like very fast paced, go go go, silly sketches about a cartoon psychic. Yeah, you could do worse than this. Definitely, the whole family that is all the same character model with different scars. Oh yes, like, yes. Uh, uh, that, I feel that's like a, a like a trope in some anime because I've seen it in yeah. other things. I, I I find the parents fascinating who have been aware of his psychic power since day one and use it to do things like we want to move furniture around the house. Yeah. Just like, uh, the dad who, I don't understand what his job is. Like, he's a manga <laughs> artist, but for, they keep referencing him as licking shoes. He licks shoes for a living, apparently. <laughs> we don't he's know how boot, many shoes. Bootlicker. He is literally a bootlicker. But also he works in manga publishing. Yeah. So, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird show. It's worth a try. Yeah, was it Cognac was the... the oh yeah, the Cognac manga? Publishing. But like, they're aware of like actual publishing companies and things yeah. exist. Like Shonen Jump keeps get. I assume the, the manga was published in Shonen Jump, I would guess, because they keep referencing it, but who knows? Whomst knows. Uh, yeah, that's 
I think that's everything I've watched. You got yeah. any others? Uh, yeah, I I went and saw a film this week. Ooh. I went and saw an anime film in the cinema uh, called Primare, which is by uh, what's the company called? Um, so it's an anime film that's that's animated by Studio Trigger, who are notable for being like. Some of the most visually impressive anime animators there are. Like, any time Studio Trigger works on something, it's usually a case to go, even if I don't care about the plot, this is going to be visually stunning and I should probably give it a look. Um, the plot of Promare is basically, on Earth, imagine if one day a bunch of people discovered they had the power to control fire, but this happened because they all sort of started to catch fire spontaneously and... This caused some problems, understandably. That sounds traumatic. Yeah. X-Men mutants, but everyone has fire powers. And the world panics and goes a little bit, um, let's lock all these people away because they all caught fire all of a sudden and that seems dangerous. Um, you've got some groups of people who have these powers and use them to set buildings on fire. So our protagonists are basically mech-powered firefighters who who... Run around in mechs trying to stop these people who are setting fires everywhere. I saw the trailer, it looked pretty badass. Yeah, the... If nothing else, go watch a trailer for this. It's, like, beautifully animated neon, like, chaos. There is just so much happening. For the whole 90-minute runtime of the film, it is just really visually intense. It. I am so glad I went and saw it in a cinema, because it... It's one of those films, like, something like, say, Gravity, that, like really benefits from the spectacle of getting to see it on a big screen. Mm. Um, I was really impressed with this film. Um, it tackled, usually through through like metaphor or symbolism, but sometimes more directly, a lot of very relevant modern topics that I, I was impressed to see tackled as well as they were. Things like... Um, Labeling entire groups of people as terrorists based on the actions of few, um, so things like um, Im- immigration raids and ice raids, um, tackled issues like um, uh, police crackdowns on minority groups, um, like it tackles some pretty serious stuff pretty deftly for a film that is as sort of chaotic and action-filled as, as it is, like. It does not take... Probably within the first 20 minutes of this film, it's like, hey, maybe... Maybe the people in power are bad, huh? Like, it doesn't waste any time at going hard on a message of... People in power, just because they say something or something is legal, doesn't mean it's moral. Maybe question the people in power sometimes. I'm like, it's always nice to have a good, good one of those, those narratives. Uh, yeah... It was 90 minutes that I walked out of, and me and the friends I went to see it with, for the probably 15-20 minutes that we were all like walking to head back to the station, all of us were just like frantically discussing all of our various thoughts about it. Hmm. Um, we It gave us lots and lots of things to think about, which was really nice. And even when it was just anime nonsense... I was like, I, I, I don't care if I understand what's happening right now. This is amazing to, to see. This is a visual treat. Nice. So yeah, did you watch anything else? No, that's all I watched. 
Well, the only other thing I've been watching, I have it up on my second monitor still, Ooh. is I've been watching... Some... I recognise them from MCM Comic Con. Yeah, I've been re-watching <laughs> Haikyuu, which is a volleyball sports anime. Because uh, season one is on Netflix and it's dubbed, which means that I can watch it while I'm working. Because <laughs> um, I, I can just sort of go off of hearing. I really like sports anime. <laughs> I don't really like sports themse- uh, themselves to watch on TV. Like, I would never care about watching just a volleyball match, I don't think. But... Gotta put some drama in there. You gotta put some drama into it. So, the plot of most sports animes boils down to the same thing as Haikyuu's plot, which is the protagonist doesn't really care about being the best at their particular sport. They only really care about being good at the sport in so much as it lets them do that that sport more. So, like, in Free, the swimming anime, the person just wants to have time swimming in the swimming pool, and the only swimming pool is the school one, and only people on the swimming team get to use it. So, and it turns out he's really good, but he doesn't actually care about it. They're like, oh, can you do this event and this event? He's like, I just want to do freestyle. I just want to splish splash. Want to do splishy. Want to do splishy. Um, uh, In in Haikyuu, it's a very similar thing. The main character doesn't really care if he wins, he only wants to be good because the player who is players who are the best get to spend more time on the court and get to play more. And that's just like a really sweet, wholesome motivation. It's just, I want to be good enough that I get to keep play- doing the thing I love. Mm. And that's really sweet. Um, mm. Haikyuu in particular I really like because it's got... It, the, the dynamic between the two primary characters is really sweet over the first couple of seasons. You basically have... One character who is short, which in volleyball is not usually a good thing, but he has his idol who was a short volleyball player who made up for it with really big jumps and he just he just wants to be like him. And he's not particularly skilled or refined, but he's got the raw like speed and energy behind him that like if someone else could help him work, he'd be great. And then you've got stuck up person who is technically really proficient but pushed everyone away from him in his previous team because he just kept like shouting at them for not being good enough and no one wanted to play with him. Uh, didn't matter that he was the best player around, no one wanted to play with him. But you put the two together and the, the, the one who was really harsh starts to soften as a person and learns that he needs to be part of a team and the person who has all that sort of raw skill but not the precision to make it work has someone that can like work work with them and they make a really good double team and it's really nice to just watch them form as a pair and they both they both get to play more volleyball because they're good friends yeah it's just very sweet very sweet it's i really like these dynamics of basically just here's a bunch of high stakes drama from people who just want to be friends so they can keep playing their sport (laughs) you're giving me a hug yeah very adorable (laughs) did i do the thing where i get overexcited about a thing no such thing as ever excited. I got excited you about it enough that I loved it. <laughs> I, I really like sports anime. I like when you enthuse. Yeah, I. At some point, I'm gonna have to show you one of these. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, I've not watched a lot of anime. Yeah, like, I've watched Akira and Aratsuki Doshi and some uh, the like Studio Ghibli stuff, yeah. but like that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well. At, at some point, I will introduce you when we when we we get through our backlog of media mm-hmm. to 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 some of me animes I like. Indeed. Yeah. Well then, 
Time for this. Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor, well, I don't know if you know, it's nearly UDP. Unicorn Dance Party It is, is nearly coming. the Unicorn Dance Party. That time of year when we... we, we we celebrate the spirit of winter being kicked in the nuts yeah. by the, the great spirit of the forest, the unicorn. Indeed, bringing winter to an end and summer back on its way. Exactly. Yes, and I must say, I'm glad that it's nearly UDP, but I feel so underprepared for, for UDP, and I hope that our sponsor might have something to do with it's that. It's funny you say that. They might help me prepare in some way. It's, it's funny you say that, because if you need a one-stop shop for rave lights and snuggly blankets and speakers and junk food and, and, and stuffies and... Like unicorn horns that you put on your head, yeah, or like a big onesie that's like a unicorn, or unicorn or some glow like hobby horses, unicorn hobby horses. Basically, all of our UDP supplies. All of the thing, like almost all of the UDP supplies. You know, um, <laughs> all of the UDP, all of the legitimate, all of the, le- the over legitimate the UD, all of the over the counter <laughs> UDP supplies are available from the UDPatorium. Oh wow! Tell me more. It's the UDPatorium. They've got you, your, your fairy lights, your fog machines. If you want to go really in there, yeah. They've got all sorts of music available for download. They've got costumes and and colourful things. They've got cake. <gasps> Tasty oh, cake. They got stuffing. They got st- oh. oh, they got like a stuffing sandwiches. They got stuffing that delivery stuffing. Do you oh. just want some stuffing delivered? Please. Do you want st- like imagine a stuffing donut, but instead of like jam inside, it's got like really thick gravy. Oh. <laughs> And this is the UDP... The this U- is the udp Atorium. Oh, goodness. You could head over there right now and get 35% off your first order. Just head on over to udpatorium.lol.net and enter the code QNPS96... 96? 95 or 96? Somewhere in that range. One of, one of those two codes will probably work. Try, try both. We'll, we'll, we'll ask that they make both codes valid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and you can you can you can do that. You can get all of the stuff. So head on over to UDP Atorium and and get some fairy lights or a fog machine or and, some cake. And I'm sure you can get those other bits of UDP stuff if you just you know ask, ask quietly. behind the counter. Ask behind the counter. Go. You got the uh, you got the good UDP got supplies. You got any uh, trimming? Any other bits? Got any trimming? <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi, hi. How's uh, how's the uh, primary gifting period been going for you? It's been going great. We have uh, we've got all of the interns working overtime to sell all of the pieces of crap we've had them knocking together all year. Who cares if they don't see their families at uh, the primary gifting period, so long as the gifts see some families during the primary gifting period. Exactly. We, in fact, most of our interns now actually have to sign their families over to us as part of their uh, Well, contract. I mean, it's only a fair, uh, fair deal if you want a job in this economy. Right, exactly. I mean, like... You know, obviously, we didn't have to sign our families over, but, uh... No, I mean, we don't have families. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care about other people, right? So, so, what's, yeah. what's on yeah. the agenda today? Well, you know, uh, we have recently come into some new 
business. Yeah, I'm listening. We have acquired the uh, names oh. of uh, some very big franchises. Tell, tell me, tell me some of these uh, these names. Yeah, we got that uh, the Chrono Slashers game. You know, yeah, the one? yeah, yeah. We 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 got a bunch of a bunch of those. At a the bunch moment. bunch of that gen- generation of thing. People yeah. like you know how like nostalgia is a big thing. Yeah, we've bought all the nostalgia. So yeah, everyone wants to play a new version of that thing they played when they were like fourteen, or at least they think they do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That that's the the important thing. They think they do, and they're willing to pay. For oh, that. exactly. They hope that if they play a thing they played when they were fourteen, it'll make them feel the happiness they had back then and not the depression they have now. Yeah, you know, because they have to think about the world and stuff now. You know, back when, uh, you know, the only environmental message was like Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Even then, that was a bit of a stretch. Indeed, like, they were so far removed from that. That didn't really apply to them. That was just a cartoon series. Uh, Now it is actually very much a present issue for them. So, we're going to play on all of that nostalgia by just releasing some, just some shit that we've just literally cobbled together, squashed together, painted over in the the bright colors that they remember, but, uh... So, So you're saying, take those shitty side projects that we didn't know what to do with and just... Stick that name on them. Yeah, I- imagine that, like uh, we cut out a little paper mask for the our old project yeah, to wear, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'm I'm Chrono Slicer now. You remember that me the 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 yeah that guy. Um, That's was me. There a monkey in there. I don't know. There is now. There is now. There's a monkey in there. People like monkeys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we're going to take all of the things they loved. Uh, we're going to, you know, use the name of those things. Suggestions of those things. Lots of very, very fast cuts on our uh, adver- advertising. See, I, I was going to highlight what I thought was a problem with yeah. this, which is we do this once. They're not going to buy the sequel to Chrono <laughs> Slices. But... I think I think I've got a way around this. Sure. We just buy more names and make more crap. Cause like they might not buy the next Chrono Slicers, but they'll probably buy the next thing that we buy the nostalgic name of. Oh, but there's something else. Oh yes. We buy up so many of these names that we churn out one of these a year. In ten years, we can go right back (gasps) and say, hey, we might not have done so before. Look at us. Humble, humble, humble. We may have made mistakes in the past, but in the last decade, we've learned. (laughs) 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 And uh, we're going to give it another try. Uh, We've even got the guy who used to clean the floors at the company when they made the good version of this. He's still on board with us, and that's why it's going to be great. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, (gasps) what have you listened to? Not a huge amount this week. I've I've listened to a few new songs. I did that thing where I found some new music to listen to. (gasps) New music. Yeah, so I listened to a track called Scratched Out by a band called The Matches. It's a song about procrastinating malaise, that sort of procrastinating malaise that can set in when you're fighting depression, that sort of feeling like you're doing nothing with your time and not sure how to shake out of it. Um, 
sort of feeling like you've forgotten how to be you a little bit, if, if that makes sense. But interesting lyric, lyrical ground. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like the sound of music, it's uh, acoustic guitar with like played quite aggressively with a sort of ambient like space sounding synth underneath it Ooh. and some sort of raw slightly pain shouty vocals Ooh. uh the vocal pacing is very much like poetry it's got a very sort of like deliberate uh short poetic rhythm to it it's a really interesting track uh what about you what have you listened to uh well, the Melodica Brothers put out uh, a a new <gasps> way too happy version. Oh yes, uh, they did do Hast. <laughs> they the most jolly thing. I can it was imagine. a very very jolly cover it's of Do so Hast. So sweet and bouncy. <laughs> do Hast. Do do Hast. Do Hast me. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was something. <laughs> it was really jolly and sweet. I yeah. love. I, I like. I love their way too happy versions. Um. Like, I think Lonely Day was another one by the Happy Oh, that, that one was that was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was it. What about you? Any uh, yeah, I got around to listening to that one shot, The Adventure Zone Dadlands. That's really funny. Uh, I love that. So, for anyone who's looking for just a fun one shot, couple of hours D&D thing to listen to, The Adventure Zone's Dadlands is the McElroy's Plus, uh, I've completely forgotten his name. He's the host of Dropout's D&D show, Dimension 20. I've completely forgotten his name. I feel bad about that. But um, it's set in a world ruled by different tribes of dad stereotype. Um, And they're basically trying to retrieve the TV remote so they can all watch uh, Mythbusters on the giant TV in the sky. (laughs) Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. We've got to rescue the, the remote from the craft dads who have built their big treehouse homes. Oh, uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan. Brennan Lee Mulligan, thank you. Um, yeah, it is it is one of my favourite silly self-contained D&D one-shots I've ever heard. It It's just... It's so goofy. <laughs> it's so goofy. So very McElroy. Yeah, it, it was really good. And I... I was really impressed at how well Brennan's style of DMing worked with the rest of the McElroy's as yeah. players. They gelled really well. I would like to see more of that combination of people. I would like to see like another campaign in the Dadlands universe. Oh, I would totally take a whole campaign like, in the Dadlands world. Somebody has touched the thermostat and they have oh. to go. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, I think I think there's a few you could you could do of that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, the newspaper hasn't been arriving the last couple of days. <sighs> Where are my slippers? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. I, I think that you could have some good Dadlands one-shots. I lo- and I love the way they managed to do it, but without, like, it, it, in that good McElroy way of avoiding, like, any tra- trappings, really, of toxic masculinity. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about... What alternative storylines could I use to play a Dadlands game with people? Thermostat. Yeah, I, the thermostat <laughs> is the obvious one. I might try and put together a thermostat Dadlands campaign. Because <laughs> I, I, I think there's some fun ground to, to, to play around in before the McElroys go and do another one and I can't <laughs> do the thermostat story. <laughs> well, I would be very up for playing that. Um, you listen to anything else? 
Uh, I've got, I think, at least one other song I listened to this week. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a track... uh, Yeah, I think this is the last one I listened to. I listened to a track called To Kill a Sunrise by a band called Escape from the Zoo. It's super... As opposed to Tequila Sunrise. Uh, Yes, yes, To Kill a Sunrise. Um, It's super fast scar about not wanting to waste your life obsessing over how we're all slowly dying. Life's chaos, and we all stumbled and lucked into it, so just embrace the chaos and do all the things you want to do while you have the time. With this sort of very fast, upbeat scar. It's a fun track. I think that's everything I've listened to. Uh, I listened to a couple of other things. Oh, um, yeah? Basically, it's it's nearly election season in the UK. We're coming up for a general uh, election. Oh, yeah. It's, it's getting a lot. So I, I just put into YouTube, fuck the Tories... <laughs> uh, and and found a, cu- a couple of like oh. quite quite uh, angry punk tracks. Both of these tracks were great. They they were just what I needed in that moment of I just need someone to angrily shout about the Tories oh. for me to uh, to to externalize some of my feelings. Honestly, um, today there was some news about the Tories and the NHS, and I went uh, back and played both of these today because I I needed it. Um, so the first track was uh, Riot Squad, fuck the Tories, which I believe is from like eighty two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was there there was that. Um, it was good. <laughs> it's it's just good, really angry Fuck raw the punk. It's the kind of punk where it's like it doesn't matter if we're not particularly great at playing our instruments, we'll hide it under distortion and screaming <laughs> and being angry about the right sorts of things yeah. and just like very simple, repetitive lyrics that are just. Anthemic, I think, was the word you used for them. Yeah. It's very like, here is a core sentence, just keep angrily shouting that. Yeah. Fuck the uh, Tories. Fuck the Tories. The other track uh, is by Oi Polloi, uh, called Fuck Everybody Who Voted Tory. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting one, because it starts off with, um, uh, like, a femme-sounding Scottish person speaking like talking about um what is it in 1979 labor government was brought down by the failure uh to grant even limited autonomy to scotland yeah and it's like uh it's it's, it's, it's a, a few paragraphs of like it's a spoken word history lesson about sh- shitty things the tories have done and, yeah, and about them sort of coming to power like yeah. um in like in in uh 79 and the chaos that was caused thereafter. Yeah. And then it's like a mask vocalist who's much more angry. Um, it's like, yeah, now that we've got the facts out there, fuck everyone who voted Tory. Fuck everybody, you voted Tory. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's how I've been feeling this week. Yeah. See, here's, here's the thing. I feel like of those two tracks, fuck the Tories is the one that I need right now in the lead up to the election. <laughs> If the Tories happen to get voted back in, oh, I'm going to need that. every bu- fuck everyone who voted Tory. I don't think I can cope. I don't think I could cope either. But should we? Should we? time for this. Time for this. Some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Did you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the sugar industry. 
Right. Yeah. You know how, like, they managed to convince everyone that fat was the issue because you have the sugar, you, you get fat, right? Yeah, well, so well that's they were it. like, this, this right there in the word, and it's fat. Yeah, that's it? why you get fat, not the sugar. Don't yeah. look at us. See, that's not even a conspiracy, that's just a fact. That is a fact, right? But there's something deeper, more sinister. There's a conspiracy behind the fact. A conspiracy behind the fact, behind the conspiracy. A conspiracy within a conspiracy. Conspiracyception, right? Is it a conspiracy sandwich? Yeah. But that sandwich is made on bread that is basically just sugar. Like American bread, yeah. You're making me hungry now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, help me get hungry as well. No, no, it's, yeah, add some of that. Yeah. Um, so, the sugar industry, yeah. Yeah. They're secretly propped up by a shadowy cabal of dentists, yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. Just, they're just trying to keep themselves, like, in as much business as possible by getting everyone into sugar, by putting sugar in all the things, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like everything has got more sugar in it. Like, all the Christmas drinks. Yeah. Like they just like just put like just shovel like oh, a bag of sugar. Yeah. Bit of bit of chocolate flavouring on there. Stick it in the microwave. That's that's it. That's your your hot winter drink right there. It's just all sugar. Just just make sure I can drill more teeth more. Exactly. It's like I heard they're making super sugars that'll melt your teeth quicker. And also, those same dentists are the one keeping keeping the the cost of dental work right up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because once they've got you, they've got your teeth. Then they can charge you whatever they want for like a root canal or a filling or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Still gonna have sugar though, it's good. Yeah, do you want a donut? Oh, I can right go for a donut. Hey kitty. Oh, hey kitty. You're very snuggly. Wow, wow, woman, you're not having enough snuggles and warms as the cold time of year, and 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 I've been doing all the, I've been doing all the warm snugglings. Wow, oh, you've had no warm snugglings. Wow, I'm afraid you're gonna die because it's winter, it's the cold time. Wow, human. Oh, you've got all these snuggles. Meow. That you are very warm, Kitty Pat. <laughs> go, go warm you up, or you will die. And then, yeah. then we'll do the bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got me. <laughs>
I nearly just went straight into Laura Lauren got a new sponsor. <laughs> and what I meant to say was question time. It's time for questions. What's the question? Uh, this week's question: uh, Some crimson. Nursing <gasps> cream. Hello. Um, what was a recent moment where you were really, really happy? Uh, other than like ten minutes ago when I was talking about sports anime. <laughs> what was a good one of those moments? The other weekend when I got to go and hang out with my friends and we had that nice time in the, the hotel and we just had a nice night get, getting drunk together and being friends and talking about how much we love each other. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. It was the... the uh, I think it was out somewhere, possibly at the beginning of the year when we were out raving. Yeah. And, and we had one of those 3am, like, really long hugs. Oh, yeah. Just that... Mm-hmm. Recharge with hug. Yeah, one but of those hugs really is it's just yeah. all the oxytocin. <laughs> all of the oxytocin. Yeah, one, one of those hugs. <laughs> that was good hug. Good standing hug. <laughs> good heart to heart. There. Uh, yeah, uh, that, those are the good ones. Uh, uh, Lucy, hi Lucy. Hi. Uh, how do? What if can't do? What if can't do? What if can't do. Uh, isn't the saying, what if can't do, teach? <laughs> Those who can't do, teach. <laughs> I'm being silly. <laughs> um, what if can't do, uh, I don't know, try something else, try the same thing. Yeah, try something else, or try that thing differently, or just try it again and try harder. Try help. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that thing's not for you. Maybe try looking at things a different way and try try a different way. It depends how you feel about the thing. Uh, Kenadry. Hi, Kenadry. Hi. Uh, do you have any interest in extra long slash dense board games, e.g. Diplomacy, Twilight, Imperium, Warhammer, etc.? Um, I love them in theory. I'd love to play Twilight Imperium. I've heard a lot about it. Like, I think the fourth edition is the most recent one. Looks interesting. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I'd love to spend, like, a day doing that. Like, I feel like Scythe's quite a long game. Maybe yeah. not as long as Twilight Imperium, but... Maybe, but, like, I feel like we could probably get a group of, like, me, you, Colin and Liam, I think. Oh, Colin, Liam, Tor. Yeah, I, I think we could get together a big, like, here is the game, we are playing it all day, get here early. Yeah. And I think Twilight Imperium would probably be good for that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, never played it myself, hear good things about it. Um, War, War, War for the Ring, I think, is uh, another big, long one. That looks quite interesting. I've heard good things about that from mm. the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Um, I think Star Wars Rebellion's quite a long game. Yeah. I wouldn't mind giving that a try. That's uh, two-player asymmetrical. Um, I'm not betraying any of these. Wow. Maybe if I win those competitions for... for I think I entered a competition recently to try and win um, Rebellion and Twilight Imperium. So. Wow. It would <laughs> be nice. If we win the lottery, uh, maybe. Maybe... Oh. Gloomhaven? Wouldn't mind giving that a yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a huge. A- I pointed that out to you. I yeah. think. I think it's yeah. like, that's a big ass box. <laughs> is there any games that you jump at the opportunity to play if you had no time, monetary, or player count restrictions? Uh, I'd love to play a mega game. They sound yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? The ones where you need like fifty people plus. Yeah, to... I'd, I'd love to play more regular games of Scythe. 
Yeah. We don't own a copy. We play with like local friends who've got a copy, but yeah, like I would love to play more. Well, yeah, side. we've played it like three times this year, but I think we yeah. we would play more of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Hi, Arachno. Did you get your spinner rack, friend? Was it spinner rack? Uh, Joltik. Joltik. I knew it was a spider. Yeah. Because it's Arachno. Sp- Spinarak was a spider Pokemon. Yay. It's just a different spider Pokemon. I know my Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, if you had the chance, would you take a trip into outer space? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I don't want to stay there forever. Because I don't want to live on the moon. I don't want to live on the moon. Cue Sesame Street music. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, mind heading up and... and, and... Doing I, a wait list. I have spent I I spent most of my childhood fantasizing about space. I'd like to see the Earth from space. Yeah, possibly one trip in my face. It's, it's apparently a very like humbling moment. humbling moment of oh he's just a marble. Oh oh no! Uh, literally everything I've known in my entire life exists on that thing in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, it just changes something in you. I can imagine. Like even in VR, it was quite. Quite a, yeah. a quite a special moment, like, and at the moment I think that's probably the the only way I will see it because I'm not sure I'm fit enough to go into space. No, I'd love I'd love the opportunity, but if, if I had if I had the infinite money, there'd be a part of me that would go, okay, put me on one of those commercial spaceships so that I can go see space for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Just look at the Earth and go, oh, oh fuck, I'm very far away. Oh, he's very far away. So far away. Oh, no. My Ford Capri is blue and there's uh. nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You're making me want to listen to I Don't Want to Live on the Moon again now. Uh-huh. Well, we know what's going to be next week's listen. Probably, yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, abstract Slug Conduit of Disaster. That's a cool name. <laughs> uh, how does one cast from a pod? How large is the pod? And is is likely or even possible? Ah, uh, I think the pod we're currently in is like. Uh, let's see if it's about what, like ten foot by. Oh, you considering the, the whole room as the pod? Are you talking about? I was the, looking at the wicker section it, within the in. wicker section of the room. Yeah, so maybe like four foot. Four four foot by maybe like six foot. Yeah, four foot by six foot. The pod size. How okay. does one cast from a pod? Um. um you you throw your words into this cylinder in front of us, Ooh. and then you throw it along some cables until yeah. it reaches the internet. Yeah, and then people download it. Yeah, people throw their their fishing poles in to see if they can catch the cast from the pod. Do that. That is how pod do. <laughs> that is how pod do. Um, tricky. Hi, tricky. Uh, which aspects of British culture do you least and most identify with? Um, I least identify with the the rampant xenophobia and racism. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Or you could put in with that, like, football culture. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. The heavy drinking. Yeah. Um, what ones do we identify with? I identify with being part of a nation of polite cures. I am a polite cure. I stand in line and wait my turn. Oh, uh, someone pushed in front of me in the pound in Poundland earlier. Oh, <laughs> naturally, I didn't say anything. I just glared. Yeah, but that is that is the British way. <laughs> exactly. You say nothing, but inside you feel the the fury of a thousand burning suns. Exactly. I loomed slightly behind them because <laughs> they're considerably shorter than me. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, 
compl- uh, always, always opening conversations with discussions of the weather. It's one of the few things I know, I feel is a comfortable subject yes. as someone who struggles with social Indeed, anxiety. Indeed, it's, it's a socially acceptable um, safety topic that doesn't rely on you sharing a area of common interest. Weather's happening again, isn't it? Yep. Mm. The weather sure is the weather that it is. Sure, it sure is the weather today, is it not, friend? If, it is, if it's anything but perfect, wouldn't it be nicer if we had a bit more of that perfect weather? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See how I socially interact with you. Yeah. On a level such as another human being. Also, also cups of tea. Yeah, I enjoy tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good tea drinkers. Good tea drinkers. I enjoy a tea. Um, least, uh, uh, yeah, I think those are the. I think they've covered all of those. Yeah. Mm. I'm complaining whether it's too hot or too cold. Oh yeah, no. the weather is never good. No, our houses aren't designed for it. Our houses aren't designed for any weather. Oh, and as Becky quite rightfully pointed out, we don't appreciate a meat raffle. <laughs> Apparently, we don't appreciate a meat raffle. <laughs> no. I think it's a ridiculous idea. Uh, speaking of Becky, hi Becky. Hi. Uh, why are safety sit boxes not standard furniture? Safety boxes. Just to, like if it fits, I sits. Uh, I mean, is a house not just a big safety box? Uh, I think <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I know, I know what she means though. Yeah. Like, when I was little, I used to sort of get inside a cupboard oh. and just sit there, like all curled oh, up. I totally agree. Like I, I used, used to be hiding from my parents. I used <laughs> to be a big fan of under uh, my parents' house that you've been to. Yes. Um, in the like downstairs toilet. Oh yeah. In like Bang in, my head on that in there, oh. there is another tiny doorway that goes into a cupboard under the stairs. <sighs> um, and that is a great place to curl up with a big duvet and like. Just a little snuggly hidey hole away from the world. <laughs> and then someone comes in and has a really nasty shit. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. It's it's not a practical hidey hole. But... Use the upstairs run, I'm having a hidey. Okay. To, to be what I used to do is I had a bunk bed and there were like drawers there were drawers under it. But there was probably a person sized section at the back. So like if you went down to the, the foot of the bed and look, there was a person-sized hole that you could just sort of take a nice blanket and snuggle in and be like, I'm just going to hide in this little section under the bed. <laughs> Wriggle in here. <laughs> good hidey holes are good. Nooks. I like enjoying nook. Yeah. And a cranny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Callum Santa. Hi, Callum. Hi. Uh, is there a part of your daily weekly routine that was initially more of a chore, but now you enjoy it and miss when it can't be done? Hmm. Honestly, doing the washing up has has become that. It's been a nice um, get some things in order, have a nice chance to listen to a podcast, and as as a bit of my routine, that's like okay, work is done. I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the houseworky things now because because work is finished. Like it's it's the job that in my head now marks the difference between yeah, being the in the office day. working and it's it's finish time. Hmm. You. I can't think of one. That's fair. Uh, there is work things, which is work things, and yeah. there is more, more, more work things. That's fair. That's more work it's things. The the one that that is the last job of my day has therefore become one that I quite look forward to. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, crimson slash vote labour. Quite right too. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have one game, if you could only have one game console, what would it be? Ooh. Snares. 
I feel like PC is a cheating answer. It's not a console. Yeah. Um. Uh, the SNES is a really good pick. Honest, mm, I might say the the Wii, Ooh. if for no other reason than it had a really, really, really robust set of offerings on the Virtual Console. Nice. Like, I think it's probably the console that would give me the widest variety of, like, retro games to play. Plus, there was some, like, stuff decidedly for it that I loved. Yeah, didn't it have, like, Commodore 64 games on it Yeah, well? there were Commodore 64 games. There were, I think there were Spectrum games at one point. What? I think there were some Spectrum games that. on there. Um... I know they were like Turbo Turbo Graphics sixteen. Yeah, you had your N sixty four, your Nes, your Snes. You make a you make a good point. And it had uh, Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Well, that's it. Like it it has access to some of my all time favorite games. You can play GameCube games on it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that basically cheats and gives me access to most things I would want from the first like twenty years of gaming. I think you're gonna win on that one. Yeah, I I will also go with with a Wii. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, lollipop twink. Kayaka. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite thing from a Chinese takeaway? Oh, it's battered sweet and sour chicken chicken balls. Oh. Yeah, just just a ball of chicken and batter. Yeah, I used to love the sweet and sour uh, chicken balls or the prawn balls. I've never been a prawn person, but oh. oh. There needs to be a, a Chinese that does a good vegan battered fake mm. chicken ball. Mm-hmm. Like that's that. Oh, I would kill. I would kill for that it. That would be good. That would be good. Um, I used to love uh chicken chow mein. So I guess my answer now would be like a tofu chow mein or yeah. just a vegetable chow mein. Yeah, I like chow mein. Chow ma 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 mein. Chow ma 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 mein. Uh, horny on the chow mein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a that's a skit waiting to be born. <laughs> Or I've just awoken someone's kick. They really had <laughs> noodles. You say mm-hmm. they are like tiny, noodling. They are like oh. <laughs> say they are like tiny tentacles. <laughs> tiny wheat tentacles. <laughs> I love to do Molinaro. It says uh, hi. Uh, what is your favourite kind of architecture? Ooh. Do you have an answer for this? Got a couple of answers. Yeah, go ahead. I quite like brutalism. Yeah, but, but I have to be in the right mood for it. Yes. Alternatively, I really like those sort of like Tudor cottages. Yeah, you've gone for the two things that I was thinking. Of. I was like, how do I phrase these things I'm thinking of? Like a little Tudor thatched cottage. Yeah, like with the beams, yeah, all the nice the, beams, the and, beams the, and the like yeah. the dark wood and the light. The, like, the, the, th- the thatched roof is a must. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, like I can occasionally like really enjoy a good bit of brutalist architecture, yeah. but like you got to be ready to take that in. Yeah, you got to be in the right mood for it. Yeah. Uh, Mag J Evans would like to know, hi, uh, if you could have a switch light or a switch that was never undocked, which would you choose? Ooh. Never undocked switch. Thank you very much. What you'd be a TV only yeah. switch user? I barely play my switch un- undocked. Although, I, to, like, the only time I seriously played my Switch undocked is when my dock was fucked. If if I had to make that choice, I would go Switch Lite. And, mm. Mm. Okay, the, the, I can tell you the only thing that makes me hesitant about a Switch Lite... Detachable Joy-Cons. Uh, detachable, joy, <laughs> detachable Joy-Cons. And even then, it's only because of Joy-Con drift being a thing. Mm. I couldn't go, my Joy-Con has started to drift. I'm going to have to send my whole console Yes. Back. If Joy-Con drift in this scenario could be fixed... 
Like, here's the thing. I love having my Switch on the telly, but <sighs> mainly because of Pokemon, I play it so much as a handheld. It's It's my... I've got a video exporting on the, the thing here, and I'm answering some emails, and I just want to plod around in circles a bit doing uh, my catching Pokemon. And it would be a real shame that I couldn't capture footage anymore, yeah. but I I love that it is a powerful handheld. I have barely touched my Switch in months. Uh, you played through Deadly Premonition not too long back. Apart from that. Like, it had been a long time before I touched it before that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, before that was probably... Streets of Red? Yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 was one yeah, this year. Yeah, that was year. way at the beginning of the year, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I can point you at any things that you might enjoy maybe on Switch. I don't know. I keep occasionally sort of looking at the, the, the shop and just going, hmm... I don't know. I what what have I what have I got on here that I will probably play at some point soon? What switch things do I have? Uh, I picked up Trover Saves the Universe because I'd been meaning to get around to that, and I feel like I will have a better chance of doing so on Switch. Uh, Evo Land, which is a game that I've wanted to replay for a bit. It's a little top-down RPG where it moves through different graphic styles as you progress through the game. I think I've got Evo Land one and two on PC. Yeah. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Three, I really enjoyed. Um, Ring Fit. Ring Fit, yeah. Tangle Tower, which is a sort of um, point-and-click adventure detective game that I've been really enjoying. It's got a really lovely, like, drawn art style. You have Resident Evil 5. I have a demo for Resident Evil 5. I was going to say! I downloaded a demo out of pure curiosity of how does it run. How does it run? It's better than I expected. <laughs> like, I, I don't really have a huge interest in playing through it. We do need to play Co-op Cat <gasps> Quest 2. Cat Quest 2 is out. We need to play it together at some point. Is that going to be what gets you back on Switch? Some Cat Quest 2? Maybe. I mean, Cat Quest was alright, but it was a bit mobile gamey. That's fair. Um, I I think you'd really enjoy Sayonara Wild Hearts. I need to just hand you my Switch at some point and go, <laughs> here you go. Mm. It's only like an hour long, so... Yeah, I've, I've been finding stuff to play. Mm. But I'm sorry that you've n- nothing's been catching your uh, your attention. I think I'm just waiting for Breath of the Wild 2, really. Oh, God, yeah. Just and small, plush, freb, what love. <laughs> and then it ran out of space. That's a great name. Hi. Uh, do you fit? And if so, do you sit? I don't know if I fit. But if I fit, I do sit. I do. I've, I've put on quite a lot of weight this year. So I think the the, 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 the less frequent times that I do fit, I will sit. Yeah. As long as it's comfortable, because I'm old and I've got bad knees. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Hayley! Hi Hayley! Hi! Uh, favourite tea? Ooh. I have a cupboard full of loose leaf teas that you I do. enjoy. Um, my favourite one, I think, is one that is a green tea with apple, cinnamon and blueberry. Oh, it's a real nice Which one. What's that? Uh, I think that's the Princess Zelda. It might be, or it, it, it's it's one of the the two I've no. been making you most recently have been the Link one, the Hero yes. Viral, and the Ray one. Oh Ray. yes, the Ray. Oh, the Ray one's really good. Yeah, I I enjoy a lot of like green tea with some fruit flavors added in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? I like just like normal, just a, just an everyday just breakfast a normal, tea. Everyday tea. Uh, I used to drink like Twinings every day, 
Um, uh, but then Becky got upset because I kept leaving the, the tea bag in. And being northern, she's very specific about tea. Um, so now I just drink, um, I think it's like Sainsbury's red tea. Yeah. Red, just... red brand tea, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Mm, but yeah, that, yeah. Some tea. Heck. <laughs> Uh, is that everyone? That is everyone. Heck. Thank you very much for your questions. Thank you. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Well. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How's, uh, how's everything been going for you? Well, you know, it's uh, nearly voting season, oh. so uh, that's traumatising. That is... Uh, depressing mess right now. It is, you a know. Huge weight weighing upon all of our souls. Well, yeah, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's I think it's, it's, it's gen- I think it's genuinely starting to make me feel a bit unwell. To yeah, be honest. It's, same. I'm, I'm feeling run down. I'm feeling physically a bit nauseous. Yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with this time of year, full stop. But uh, you know, particularly, I think with all the the the. The voting stuff at the moment, the endless stories that come out about what the, the Tories are up to. And yeah, the... well, you know, we've known for a while that, like, they clearly want to sell off the NHS to the Americans. And, Ooh, yeah. yeah. But now, now that's officially a thing that we know, you know, yeah. not just a thing that we knew, we knew. I mean, we knew it, but uh, now everyone knows it's out, it. It's out in the air now, and that should be fucking terrifying. It's yeah. terrified me. I'm sure it's terrifying you. Oh, I mean, I'm constantly terrified anyway, but yes, particularly because of this. I mean, it's it's your worst fears coming true, everything you, you, you knew. The, I, I can only live in hope that perhaps it will be what tips the working class Tory voters uh, over the edge of going, hey, maybe they're not on our side. Yeah, it's like, you know... The Tories could strip away pretty much everything else that this country has, and I think we'd survive. It wouldn't be good, but we'd survive. But I think the NHS is one of the few beautiful things this country has that, you know, if it goes away, lives will be on the line. People will die if it goes. Absolutely. It is a luxury that I've been able to grow up in a country where if I break an arm, I don't have to worry about calling an ambulance and going to the hospital you know, no matter what, I don't have to worry about that. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it's not going to put me permanently in debt. Indeed. I'm not going to be like, oh, got to remortgage my parents' house because I, you know, I, I don't know, fell off, a, fell off a tree or something. I'm not going to, you know, get involved in some kind of accident and be like, no, don't call me an ambulance. I can't afford it. I'll, I'll get an Uber. It'll be I'll fine. I'll get the bus because that's all I can manage. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you look at America, it's terrifying the sort of situations that exist. You could get shot by a police officer and it not be your fault, and you get left with a bill. Like that's a terrifying situation. Yeah. Like in America, especially how gung ho they are with their their weaponry yeah. over there. Well, like on top, one of the things that always gets me is if you have a child in America, you can get charged money to hold your child after they're born. But like, that's terrifying. Like, for, ha- for how long? Uh, immediately after the birth, like you know, oh, right. during, during that skin to skin, they've just been born moment. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra sorry, we were like you know, <laughs> once they've got home. No, no, no. Just, just while you're in the hospital, they've just been born. Do you want to hold them? Okay, that's an extra fifty quid. Oh, 
Yeah, I know the story. I actually understand it's considering more than fifty quid. Well, yeah, okay, more, more, more so than that. But either way, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, and that's and the sort of thing that we can potentially look forward to if uh, if the Tories remain in power. E- exactly, like healthcare that is f- for all of the flaws with the free NHS. Free at point of use, free at point of use healthcare is a miraculous thing that I would be terrified to live without. And yeah. like. Regardless of all of your opinions on everything else that you know the various political parties hold dear, please just look at this and go. This is not a time to vote on principle for whichever small party you necessarily think has on paper the best idea. We need a vote to get the Tories out yeah. because the Tories are going to kill people. I mean, they're already killing people. Yeah. We have 183 people, uh, beca- children becoming homeless a week. I understand. Yeah. We've got, you know, uh, the number of, uh, was it 120,000 uh, benefits deaths as a result of Universal Credit coming in? Like that, The Tories have been murdering, uh, or as I've been putting it for years, the Tories have been attempting to cull the poor for a considerable in, amount of time. In, 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 and it's but, just going to get worse if you keep allowing uh, them into, into a position yeah, of power. Seriously, I don't think people realise quite how big a deal it would be if... You accidentally cut off the tip of your thumb doing DIY and suddenly couldn't just go straight to A&E and know it will be fine. Yeah. But you would have to stop and do, can I afford to, 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 to get this fixed? Yeah. Are you going to then... Um, more people are going to die because you're going to have people who will sit on things for too long because they yeah. are concerned they won't be able to afford it. Like, earlier this summer, like the amount of stuff that needed to happen when I had that heart problem... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... The those tests would have been just prohibitively expensive. Like I would never have been able to get lower surgery a few years before that. I wouldn't have been able to sort out my kidney function a few years before that when that was an yeah, issue. Yeah. The number of times I've had it, like ear problems, that would have like I've had like three surgeries on my ears. As as a super clumsy fucker, I have had to have my head stitched up multiple times because I just fall over and I hit stuff because. My body doesn't understand out where it is some of the time. Yeah, I mean, at, at that point, we might as well both learn a bit of suturing ourselves and then try and patch each other up because we can't fucking afford to go to the hospital if yeah. if this comes. And, you know, especially you know, it's it's not just people who work in business because perhaps there is a chance that people who work for larger companies will have an option for you know uh, medical assistance through that, like um, healthcare, like they have health insurance that comes with it as a perk of the job. But then you 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 have other people who are like freelancers, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. People people like myself who are working yeah. freelance. I can't afford to pay private healthcare costs. No. You, your employee of one, would would very much struggle in that situation. Yeah, and there is always in that situation the temptation to go Oh, do I really need? Do I really need to be spending that much money every month, etc.? And yeah, that is a very bad road to go down. Absolutely, mate. Oh, should we have that? I need it. Yeah, same. Same. Oh. Good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. Shall we uh, put the kettle on? Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice, nice. Hello? <laughs>
Sara. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you can consider chucking me a dollar a month or more on Patreon, that really helps to keep this being a thing. Uh, you can find everything I publish on laurakbuzz.com, be that written articles, videos, podcasts, you name it. I did an article, uh, I did a couple of articles this uh, most recent week, one about uh, features in the Let's Go Pokemon games that I wish had been carried over to the to Sword and Shield. I did one about the phrase trans rights as just an isolated phrase and how, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but maybe we could hope for the conversation to move beyond that eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was quite proud of both of those. Uh, you can find my books that exist. There's Uncomfortable Labels, uh, which is a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and you can find that where books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. And there is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a, uh, a comedy uh, critique video game... It, it's an illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. It's going to be available in shops in October 2020. Probably a bit earlier if you support it on Unbound, if you want it first. Uh, and then there's podcasts. Pixel Squirt, I review video game pornography with uh, Mari and Stacy from Geek Remix. Uh, Podquisition, where me and Jim and Comrade Zimmerman talk about video games and whether they're great or perfect, and also political thoughts. And there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, uh... Each season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. Gosh, season six is getting a lot to record at the moment. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jane? Me? I'm Maniac Chaniac on Twitter and YouTube. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. I'm also on soundcloud.com slash Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Uh, I'm also on Twitch. I stream twice a week as uh, Janiac. And uh, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays, around sort of 7.45 UK time on Thursdays, and whatever time we finish recording this on Tuesdays, yeah. usually about half nine, ten o'clock, <laughs> uh, by the time I'm all set up. Um, I'm also on uh, paypal.me, uh, paypal.me slash Jane Magnet, if you fancy sending me a one-off to help pay my bills, uh, or... Uh, patreon.com slash domefunkyradio uh, where you can join these lovely people who I'm going to thank now Math Tiger asks um, what is 280.46 times 1.5 it's 42069 <laughs> uh, thank you to Jaden, Cassiopeia Swift, to Lula Callum, Muscle Stop Trying to Steal My Name Turner, uh, Snack Kearney the Christmas Snack, uh, Jay Logan Conduit Quirinus Mage of Life Larry Yelling Enby Tales of Inquiry, Robin Anton. Kelladry is thankful for her spirit-bound and awe-inspiring Mitzi. Mitzi is a very cute cat. Uh, Robert Cube Conqueror, Jürgen Indie Monster Vine McFurdy, Conduit of Name Butchering, and Basin is back. So thank you very much to them. Uh, where else am I? I think that's everywhere. So then, Laura. Yeah? You sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. I got hit with a case of the sleepies. No.
It was supposed to be blackcurrant. No, no you, sleepy you bitch. poured me a glass of sleepy bitch juice. <laughs>